Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, welcome to the COB on the 23rd of August 2021. This is the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Uh, I'm Nadine Blaney here with Annette Beecher. Here I am. <laughs> Annette, you know, we snapped this losing streak. The S&P ASX 200 finishing higher by four tenths of a percent, 7,490. You were on air more than me yeah. today. <laughs> How did you wrap the session? It opened up because futures said it would. It lost steam. And yeah. so I was near the end of my first hour and it was like 0.1%. And then we just seem to get a bit of an afternoon buyback, buy on dip, whatever you want to call it. Like a lot of the blue chips were sold down last week. They managed to find a floor. I'm not saying buy on dip, but that's yeah. Well, what materials to, to your point was yeah. um, about six tenths of a percent higher uh, altogether. Uh, you know, in terms of a sector, we also saw some pretty good performance coming through from the infotech space. Uh, some of the big names moving there: um, Appin, Nearmap, Newix, yep. Afterpay, all Afterpay of our favorite reports. Aussie techs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Afterpay reports later this week: Amisoblast in the healthcare space, Resmed, Helix, Cochlear, all doing well. You, you've got a soft spot for Cochlear now after talking to Dig Howard. In the financials, um, again, positive overall. Just just consumer discretionary my goodness mm. arb still in the wake of its result brokers out on that one up by four percent flight center of all things up mm. by close to four percent dominoes still in the wake of its result putting on some ground 3.6 percent and webjet is another one that did well today that's that makes interesting no sense trading when, stocks yeah it's it must be bot trading because logic does not make sense when we've got case numbers that we do have at the moment covid until mid-December we reopen like the reop we've been joking all day about the reopening trades for Christmas let's face it well yeah parents and all the whatsapp groups are sort oh, of yeah. thinking it could homeschooling be homeschooling forever could be January before the kids are back let's not oh, get let's not get depressed about that one <laughs> all right uh, around the region it wasn't just the Australian market but we saw the Nikkei rebounding from an eight-month low uh, look, the analysis on Reuters is that it was bargain hunters <laughs> propping up auto shares in particular, and there could be a bit of that. So I had the, you know, one of my first conversations when the session got underway with Chris Weston from Pepperstone, and he was saying, look, you know, we have seen some of those commodities bouncing. Um, you know, oil early in the session at least was up, and he was saying, you know, you could see some of that. Because autos buying. need chips. I thought that was the mm-hmm. the uh, the root cause there. Unless someone's found some chip producers, which would be terrific. No, but there are there are going to be um, there are going to be some more chips being made, and that's sort of a uh, you know a theme that we've been covering here on the channel. But no, it looks like the rally in Japan was driven mostly by short covering after we've seen some of those really big plunges. I think it was eight month lows for the Nikkei on Friday. It, it was looking very wobbly there last week. Oh yeah, well, I said we we weren't the only ones uh, off off the highs. Tech 
lockdown, it, well, what probably didn't help, just to go back in order to go forward, FOMC minutes, I think it, in some ways it was misreported. It made it sound like everybody was on board to taper, whereas, in fact, the minutes were a bit more nuanced than that. And we will get that this week. A lot of the week ahead uh, menus is about Chair Powell speaks Friday night and will he sanction this Fed taper talk and, you know, for example, Matt Sherwood from Perpetual said, I don't think we'll get anything. And if that's the case and rates are low for longer, tech will get another tailwind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's the big question. Chris Weston, again, I'll just name drop him again. But he was saying, look, he thinks that Jackson Hole is going to be a big non-event. A big nothing. Yeah, yeah, big nothing. I had a good conversation with Nick Bishop from Bishop Fang last week, though, and I thought it was interesting that he wasn't focused on the taper. He was thinking that Jackson Hole is... Uh, Jay Powell's opportunity to start laying the groundwork. So taper will happen potentially sometime this year, but to to delineate between taper and the Titans, yeah, right, because that's the next conversation. For that's the, the next shadow yeah. that the markets jump at for sure. Because uh, ta- tapering doesn't mean tightening, is what we heard a decade ago when we had the taper tantrum. So they will make sure that X, Y, Z conditions need to be met. So we need those signposts. And I think that could be what we get on Friday is let's lay out the roadmap because we're all addicted to roadmaps at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID is a, a just an extra layer. It's not just here. The cases in the US, so many states, ICUs are book solid. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a new risk. So we need the roadmap. All right. Um, look, we'll talk macro again in just a moment. But uh, today, still very much about reporting season here, mm-hmm. Annette. Um, I had a conversation with Meg O'Neill from Woodside. Uh, really just talked about the merger with BHP. You know, answered all the questions mm. and admitted that there is some ways to go for full disclosure to investors. But she did lay out the time frame for that. Also, I thought was interesting was that she was saying that Woodside is considering a listing in either London or New York to help attract some of those big investors. I didn't know that either. I hadn't heard that before. All, um, the, all the ones that BHP just deserted. Hello. <laughs> bing, 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 Hello, bing. Hello, yeah. space. So these are international investors that would be attracted, mm. potentially more so attracted to a Big Ten energy mm. play if it had a dual listing. So, yeah, anyways, that that's on um, video on demand. You had... CEO conversations, no doubt today. Yeah, I was I was interested today. Like even Marley Spoon. I mean, who would have thought they've even had supply constraints, logistics, COVID issues. So just that thematic of every CEO we've spoken to is um, is just supply constraints, costs are rising, trying to keep costs down. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting because we all know you can get a free box, for example. And he was like, "Look, you get a free box, but then if you stay, the pie is getting bigger." He's not interested in market share. He certainly didn't sound like he's interested in M&A. He basically said there's plenty of business for everybody and at some stage he'll be profitable but doesn't sound like a near-term proposition because he's pouring money into this business to expand it. Hmm. Yeah, growth. Growth at all costs. Mm-hmm. That's a question mark at the end of that sentence there. Not a statement from me. Um, I thought it was interesting as well listening to this. I didn't do the interview, but the CEO of Umedia. And I think this is a theme that's emerging as well is this confidence, this optimism among CEOs that this time is, it will be the same coming out of lockdown. Mm. So she's saying that in her experience with the advertisers, at least, they seem to have adapted to these lockdowns. and They're not pulling back. She said there's a confidence and there's an optimism this time hmm. that there wasn't last time. Now, I saw you sort of yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, 
We'll see, right? It's interesting because I've drive past Umedia billboards on the way home, which I wouldn't normally see if I took a different route or if I was yeah. on public transport. So you do wonder if there's more eyes on billboards because we are in our expensive cars because you can't yeah. get a car, as we've been talking about. So some habits will change. I mean, the Winter Olympics got people back on a specific channel again, but I bet that's disappeared. So in order – where Summer are Olympics. Eyes, so, yeah, Summer yeah, Olympics. Yeah. So where, where are eyes on screens – I find it very hard to believe that some habits won't be maintained. Yeah, well, I you just reminded me that I've driven past a few Umedia um, billboards, you know, the bus shelters, mm. and they say we are still maintaining mm. the cleanliness of this bus shelter. There's yes. no ad. It's an ad for Umedia doing the cleaning of the bus shelter. But I was interested to hear that optimism. Let's hope so. Mm. Um, we've got a few uh, interviews that you can, well, you can go to the website. There's a whole heap of them there, but a couple that you can access via the show notes, Nathan Samasundram's Buy Everything Sector. So <laughs> uh, given the pandemic and given reporting season, he tells you where to go have a look and also Whitaker's watch list. Mark Whitaker from Investor Mutual says these are the cyclical plays that still have a way to go because he says that the economic recovery, uh, you know, mm. is, isn't fully fully formed. That's I guess that's still the question, isn't it? Because um, macro land, we've got some Q2 data and every economist I've spoken to has just rolled their eyes and said, you know, who cares about Q2? But you still need that Q2 building block. Q3, obviously everyone's sharpened their pencils. It is about Q4. And just speaking to you know, Grant Wilson from Exante, he basically said, you heard it here first, we've got a triple dip recession coming. Triple dip? Yeah. So that doesn't sound like we're going to snap back and have a positive recovery. So there's sort of it's, – it's a lot greyer this mm-hmm. time around. Well, what do you think? I mean, I know that it's GDP partials this week in that, but what mm. is, in your view, the next sort of read that will give us some sort of insight into the ability of either business or consumers to sort of snap back from this experience? It's going to have to be consumer sentiment, which, bless, at least we get that weekly. Like Mm -hmm. contemporaneous data is very hard to find. Uh, We got all the um, flash PMIs today. They just sank below 50. So that tells you big shutdown for, for August. So we need those contemporaneous numbers to turn around. And, of course, jobs. Jobs, okay. How many um, zero hours are there out there? Yeah. Now, um, I've been kind of obsessing about China lately. Um, <laughs> it's hard to escape. Hard to escape. <laughs> and uh, that iron ore price got me a little bit hot under the collar last week. Um, and I guess for me, the question I just keep asking people is, are we alarmed? Are we alert about the slowdown, about emissions, curbs, about everything to do with China? Yeah, uh, we're def- definitely alarmed. That was definitely part of Grant Wilson's uh, theme is just as we're in prolonged lockdown, our number one commodity tanks 40%. So he's certainly concerned about that. But the glass half full is no one expected it to be 200 And let's face it, the majors can dig it out for under $20. And treasury forecasts are based on and 55. And treasury is 55 yeah. Everybody comes back to treasury 55 I mean, even even WA's budget is based on 85 mm-hmm. So no one expected 200 It was a bonus. We saw the revenue jump from that it just meant the tap got turned off probably a little harder and faster than what we expected everyone's talking about the china slowdown for the winter olympics everybody everyone in terms of emissions Mm. and and also um just questions as to whether or not china if there is a continued slowdown in the economy more pronounced let's say will they stimulate stimulate in the ways that they have done in the past that has directly benefited australia and i had a chat with isaac Poole. He said, no, 
They won't stimulate in the same way. We've already seen evidence of that, but it will still be about re-engineering the Chinese society toward a more consumer-led services base. Uh, and so he sees some buying opportunities right now in China, not necessarily in mm. uh, the commodity space. I was going to say, it's a rotation. It is. So it's mm. not crossing Chinese uh, equities even out altogether. It is, it is you know, really looking for those broader themes and you can listen to that interview via the show notes but again we'll keep asking people won't yeah, we about China absolutely. and what it may mean for Australia if things slow down and I mean god forbid they they took aim at iron ore in some way shape or form in terms of you know geopolitical risk or trade you know that it's, it, that it's would a be big the bad number. one and I, I know the the whole ESG theme is let's phase out all of these industries and I don't think anyone denies that at some stage this will all be phased out but if we stop tomorrow our current account deficit would triple our budget deficit would triple mm -hmm. like it's it's too catastrophic for us to not have a slow uh transition period and particularly for gas coal a lot of the commodities they've found alternative markets so there isn't just china out there using uh our commodities there are other markets so it's catastrophic in terms of iron ore falling 40 percent but we never expected it to jump by 50 percent either no no, but we're going we're gonna to keep things positive here on this <laughs> podcast today. And uh, we can do so with our stock of the day, Audinate. It was up by about half a percent after reporting, look, still being COVID impacted, but said that they're recovering nicely from, from the real, you know, real mm. depths of the pandemic last year. It was the stock of the day. So here, listen to what David Novak from Wealthwise Education and Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor had to say about Audinate. Coordinate, of course, Koshi is one of our favorites. Um, yep. I've owned it personally for a long time. We don't spend a lot of time on the results. Um, I just don't think the financial metrics are all that, um, they don't tell you all that much for the moment. Um, there are operating metrics that are really important. And those are the number of devices that are going into um, AV products, um, the number of professionals getting trained on AV products, and the lead that Ordinate has over all of its competitors. And those metrics are just getting better and better. I just think this is unassailable. Um, forget about the revenue for now. Forget about the profit for now. Um, they have enough cash, enough cash flow to fund themselves. And um, the product is just taking off. Now they've done quite well considering the conditions, the COVID challenges they've had, the company and the expansion of their products. So, you know, they've got a global presence and um, they're quite optimistic about their outlook and the trend is up. So, you know, to me, it's uh, it's uh, it's a hold. Uh, the valuation is a little bit, you know, up there. But you know, um, if you ignore that, then uh, you'd certainly hold it. I'd, you know, if I wanted to buy it, I'd, I'd like to buy it on any pullback uh, yeah. rather than up here at the moment. All right, so that's Audinate. Uh, both the guys like that one. AD8 is the ticker code. You can listen to that uh, episode of the call in its entirety via via the web or via where you wherever you get your podcasts. So sure you know how to find it. Um, Annette, we've got for a little bit of a treat, we've got a guest view in the, uh, the newsletter today, Carl's Take. If you're interested, he says, stocks aren't pineapples. If you want to learn more, you'll have to sign up for the COB. You can Avoid do it. the rough end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give it away, but it's worthwhile. And um, look, if you do sign up for the newsletter, if you get the COB newsletter, we've got a bit of a prize pool going. 
10 grand actually. You could win five grand in a self-wealth account. All you have to do is share the referral link with your friends and that gets you and them into a prize pool. We're just trying to grow the Osbys family and share the love. We love making all this content through the we day. We do. We want more people to see it. Absolutely. More eyes on screens is more. what we were just saying. Yep. Or earbuds in ears, one or the other. So that's pretty much it today. Would you think, Annette? That's, that's it for today, yeah. No, Macro doesn't come till later. I'm going to do a quick promo. Old friend of mine is RBNZ Chief Economist. He is on tomorrow on The Big Picture. Uh, big week for them last week. They had their finger over that button to hike and then Delta ruined the party. So we're just going to talk through their thinking and what their signposts are and when does that tightening cycle start? start so stay tuned for that for the big picture tomorrow oh that's great yeah and um the the corporate calendar tomorrow for reporting season is just as busy we are still booking in ceos i just literally booked in the ceo of Superloop. Uh, if you're interested at uh, 350 but um, you know all throughout the day we've got a whole raft of a center group i know mm. that you're doing that one I'm just shortly after 11 uh, look, I'm not going to again get myself dug into a hole with leaving people <laughs> off the list. But yeah, you'll want to join us for the live stream. And we are live from 830. Okay, see you then. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.